Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Okay, okay, here we go again. Growing in Grace, the podcast at growingingrace.org. My name is Joel Brzezinski, along with Mike Kapler, our weekly discussion about God's goodness and grace, His mercy, and all the good things that He has given us through Jesus Christ. Something that we hope that the church will focus on more and more and more as time goes on. We've been talking the past couple of weeks about how the Holy Spirit doesn't convict us of sin, but rather we're transformed by His grace. Go back and listen to the last couple of podcasts to see what we're talking about there, but it just seems to us that in much of the church, the whole of the Christian life is about sin, sin, and then let's talk about sin some more, too. It just seems that that's the focus. Yes, we do talk in the church about loving one another and serving one another and uh, you know being a body, and every church is going to be a little bit different, but it just seems that in so much of the church, it's as if God called us together as believers, as a body, to just take this sin issue and deal with it every week, when in reality, Jesus Christ, once and for all, on the cross, took care of the sin issue. Here's the thing. People might think that we're being light on sin by what we've talked about the last couple of weeks, but actually we're talking about how sin was such a problem that Christ gave his life for it. It's something we could never do. We actually cannot deal with our own sin problem. We can't do it. We can't do enough to take care of what the sin problem was, but Christ did. He already did do it. And so what we have the opportunity to do now in Christ is to get up every day, celebrate the glory that Jesus Christ has given us, the righteousness that God gifted us with, and to walk according to that without this focus on sin. Yeah, you know, people, they talk about temptation and trying to fight temptation and all of that, but sometimes they're trying to fight within their own strength instead of the the grace we were talking about last week that God has bestowed upon us that teaches us how to deny ungodliness and and to to live a, a life that reflects his righteousness more. doesn't mean we do it perfectly, but we have been perfected. You see, because under the law, the Jews, they were under this sin consciousness. That's what the law and the commandments do. That's why we, well, that's why Israel was delivered from them, and we as Gentiles were not forced into them. We, we were brought into a different covenant. It was, it was a different covenant. It wasn't like the covenant that God gave to the Israelites back when they were delivered out of Egypt. This is totally different from that. The book of Hebrews tells us that in, in chapter 8. Also in chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews talks about how those people who were living under the, the law and, and the constant rule-keeping and, and the frequent sacrifices where, where blood had to keep being shed, what did it do? It, it brought them into a, a sin consciousness. Let's look at this here, Hebrews chapter 10. 
uh, since the law was but a shadow of the good things to come, uh, the new covenant, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? So what the, the writer is saying here is that in those sacrifices was a reminder of sin. It put people under a sin consciousness. And he said, look, if those sacrifices could have taken away sins uh, and made people perfect, then they wouldn't have had to be offered anymore. A few verses after that, in verse 18, he says, where there is forgiveness, where forgiveness exists, where forgiveness is applied, there is no longer any offering for sin. In other words, Jesus only had to offer one sacrifice compared to the many sacrifices under the old covenant. You see the contrast. But if you walk into most churches today, I don't care what denomination it is, for the most part, if you went in and asked for a show of hands, I know we've talked about this in the past, but let's look at it from just a slightly different angle. Walk in and say, how many in here are sinners? Can I see a show of hands? You watch quite a few hands go up, right? You walk in and then ask the question after that and say, how many here are righteous? Very few hands would be going up in most churches because they, we've developed this sin consciousness and it shouldn't be that way because we've been delivered from it. I mean, that's the one sacrifice. We've been delivered from it. God remembers sins no more. He's thrown them as far as the east is from the west. He's not relating to us according to our sins. This is the good news. And yes, we want to avoid sin as much as possible, but you're not going to be able to do it perfectly. And there's no need to do that except for your own good. But it's not an eternal consequence when you slip up. And, and here's the other thing, Joel, is that some people uh, feel like since there's no more sacrifices being offered, the replacement for that is to go back and confess all your sins. Good luck with that. That doesn't bring forgiveness. It might bring some emotional healing, but only blood could bring forgiveness. And that was substantiated and completed at the cross of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the, that's the difference between life in Christ and life in before Christ. And this is what we just so wish the church would really understand. That verse that you read there, verse 18 of Hebrews 10, and the verse before it too, where God says regarding the new covenant, their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. And what do we do in church every week? We bring up sins. <laughs> and then, like you said, in verse 18, now where there is remission of these or where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. The, like you were saying, the, the sacrifices under the old covenant had to happen time after time after time. The people kept sinning and the, the offerings needed to be made over and over again. Now here in the new covenant, sure, we continue to commit acts of sin. However, there's a difference here. The sins have been forgiven. They've been taken away. There is no longer an offering for sin because Jesus Christ, his one offering for sin was perfect and was accepted by God. And here's the thing. We we talk about this wonderful sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and yet we try to, in our own little ways, make our own offerings for sin, as if we can do something about our sin. But there's nothing that we could ever do about our own sin problem. And the, the problem is, I think, in the church is that where the truth is that all of our sins have been taken away. You know, like you were talking about, you ask the question in church, who in here is a sinner? Hands are going to go up. Who in here is righteous? 
not so many hands are going to go up. And the reason for that is because we're basing our answer on our behavior, on what we do, on our works. Mm. That was how it was under the old covenant. But that's the difference between the old and the new, because now whether we're a sinner or not is based upon a gift. We've been made righteous. We're no longer sinners, not because of our behavior, not because of anything that we've done or don't do, not because we've lowered our sin count, not because we've stopped sinning, not because we've confessed sins or anything like that, but because we have been gifted. The the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ for all sin worked. It was complete, mission completed, like you said last week. It's done. And there is remission of sin. There is forgiveness of sin. It's, they've all been taken away, and we've been gifted with God's very own righteousness. And so we can't, we can no longer answer the question, am I a sinner or am I righteous, based upon our own behavior, because it's all based upon the blood of Jesus Christ, the work of Jesus Christ, not anything that we could ever do or not do. Excellent point. Yes, people tie their behavior and what they do into their spiritual identity. Sometimes that, that gets carried over you know, a little bit from how we identify ourselves in, in this world. Uh, how often are you at a social event, you're meeting new people, and often the, the question gets asked, so what do you do? You know, People wanna know what, what you do for a living, what's your occupation, what is it that you do outwardly? And you get identified that way sometimes. Well, I, I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm a plumber, I'm a lawyer, I'm a sanitation worker, I'm a salesperson. All of these identify what people do. Um, It's not that way in this new covenant with our spiritual identity. You you see, because so many people have been told they're just sinners saved by grace. Did you know that the Bible doesn't identify you in Christ as a sinner? That, That might be a new revelation for somebody listening today, but it doesn't. As we've been talking over the past few weeks, uh, you are declared righteous. And it's not your righteousness. Again, so it's not based upon your your good deeds. It's based upon the the deeds of Christ and what he did for us. So it's it's God's righteousness in us, but we inherit that. Uh, We're born into that, just like we've talked in the past. When you inherited a family name, whether you were adopted or you you were born from that family, you became a part of that family. You were brought into it. You didn't really do anything to become a Smith or a Jones or whatever your last name is, you were born into it you were, or you were brought into it and became a part of the family. So <laughs> here's the thing. If you want to identify yourself as a sinner, ask yourself, just, we have to take a breath here, stop and ask yourself a question. Is or was Jesus a sinner? I think we all know, uh, if we know anything about the Bible, we all know that the answer to that is No, N-O, Jesus is not a sinner, nor was he ever. As he is, John wrote in his epistle in 1 John, as he is, so are we in this world. We've inherited who he is. We've become like him in that sense. Does that mean that we do everything perfectly and righteously and and, uh, godly? No, not all of the time. We don't. And maybe you're somebody who would say, man, I hardly ever do. I do, 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 I do way too much wrong stuff. Okay, well, I, I understand. We, we, we've all been in that boat, but you don't have to stay there. 
because you see, Paul said that we as believers are not in the flesh. So don't give in to it. When you feel tempted, guess what? You really don't want to do the temptation. Some people think they're just convinced in their mind, I want to do this. You don't want to do it. Don't give in to that. You're not in the flesh. Joel, I'll let you wrap up. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why people needlessly struggle with uh, this thing, because they don't understand that this thing that they're tempted to do isn't really what they want to do. They think, well, I'm tempted to do it, so I really must love doing this, and so that's why I, that's why I'm tempted to do it. But really, the struggle is there because you don't want to do it. You've been given a new identity. You've been made brand new. Your desires have changed, and so uh, according to the outward flesh, sure, th- there's there's these things that we're tempted with. But like you were saying, Cap, in Christ, we are no longer in the flesh, but it's a spiritual life that we have, and our desires have been made new. We have been made new, and this grace of God that he has gifted us with, that's where the real power is found, uh, whereas in the church, we're we're talking about stop sinning, quit doing that, and uh, focusing all the time on fleshly efforts to overcome something that we could never overcome ourselves. It was only by the blood of Jesus, only by the grace of God. So let's have our focus to be God's love, his grace, all the good things that he's given us, uh, the benefits that we have in him. Let's focus on that and just see how our lives change. This is Growing in Grace, the Growing in Grace podcast at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.